Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome to a Super Bloom podcast with Candace King. It's me, it's Candace. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say, I don't know if I am the problem today. I don't know. Feels like I'm the problem because I had a little situation this morning. I'm a little thrown off my game. I uh, just woke up as one does and got my children off to school. Had my, my cold cup of cold brew, as one does on a warm, late summer day. You know, I've been living in my new house. I got a house. It's almost 100 years old. And I know everyone says, you know, if you buy an old house, you're going to get the old house, new problems. Old house, new problems. Well, and I was prepared for that. You know, I've had problems like, look, toilets don't work. You just need one. Am I right? Or, you know, sometimes your kitchen cabinetry just falls off the wall and tries to kill you. It didn't. It tried, but it failed. But I can hire someone to come and help me drill it back on. You know what I mean? So in the process of that, I have someone coming in to help me. And I'm like, I got this. I am cool as a cucumber. I mean, I'm not cool as a cucumber because I'm sweating because the air conditioning is broken downstairs, but and it's too cold upstairs. You'd think it'd be reversed. You know, heat rises, but apparently not in this house because I live in the underbelly of the upside down. I'm in Stranger Things over here. It's a hundred-year-old house, but somehow I'm stuck in the 80s and the aliens are here and they're messing with me. But I have someone coming in to help me because the house is trying to kill me. But you know what? It's a beautiful day outside. So I say, hello. Hello, Moses. How are you doing today? Isn't it gorgeous? It is a pretty day. And and Moses goes, I know, look. And I said, I know. Look at, look at how pretty. And he goes, no, no. Look. 
And I have beautiful trees on my property. I live in Tennessee. We got those Tennessee trees and I have this beautiful magnolia tree. And the next to it is another beautiful tree. And then he just points and I follow his, I follow Moses as he points to, to just part instead of the red bees. He's parting a sea of bees that now live in the tree in front of my house. And let me tell you, this is not just a bumblebee. This is not just a, oh, hello, bumblebee that's trying to pollinate a flower. This is like girl level of bees. You know what I'm saying? Like my skin's getting itchy from it. Like, and if you don't know that reference, then you're young and do your homework because I can't teach you about this. Know your, know your history, know your history, know your their story. <sighs> I forgot we're on strike. Yep. If you don't know, guys. SAG-AFTRA, there is a strike. So we as entertainers, if you're a member of SAG-AFTRA, we are on strike and we do not talk about shows or movies by title, any of it, because we are on strike. So if you hear that there's an absence of talking about that kind of stuff in any of this interview or interviews around this conversation, that's why. So this is a perfect reminder that I'm just going to describe that there is a possible film from the 90s in which there are two children who are very cute and one wears glasses and one does not. And one's father works at a home where like a funeral home. They go out into the forest and they like play and they're happy. And then there's an incident where there's a lot of bees and if, and it's very scarring and it's a very sad movie and you think it's just this movie about like cute little children. And then, and then it takes a turn. It, it, this is a book. So I can say it, it where the red fern grows. Yeah. You think it's a sweet story, and then you you get your first you get your first dose of big T trauma from this like very popular pop culture piece of entertainment. But it is that level of bees. Is my point? It's just it's a whole it's a gaggle of bees. It's a bay hive of bees. If you've been to the Renaissance tour, you know how packed that stadium is with all the bays of the bay hives. This is that bees, and sometimes you got to cry until you start laughing. And maybe I did a little bit of that, but I'm sharing this with you because sometimes <laughs> you also need to know that you're not alone in the world. So all of that is coming together for our conversation today. Like laughter is absolutely the best medicine. And then sometimes you do need to cry. And sometimes you need to know that you're not alone and that other people in the world are having a tough day or an infestation of bees. So if you too are having a bad day, I hope I made you laugh. And if you too are having an infestation of bees and you happen to live in the local Nashville, Tennessee area, will you please let me know of a beekeeper's name? Because I've been on the phone for an hour trying to find one. Apparently they're all busy. Busy bee. All right, let's just jump into this conversation. Guys, I'm so excited. We're sitting down today with Jody Liebman, Amber J. Lawson, and Zoe Friedman. They founded a nonprofit called Comedy Gives Back back in 2011. It's a nonprofit that gives comedians resources to turn to when times get tough. Comedy Gives Back is the safety net for the comedy community, and they provide financial crisis relief, mental health, and chemical dependency treatment sponsorship and continued community support. Being alone on stage is part of the job of a stand-up comedian. Feeling alone off stage is unacceptable. These co-founders, Amber J, Jody, and Zoe, have been working in the comedy scene for decades. So let's just jump in and talk about laughs, cries, and the community that comes together in between. 
I do love that before we even jumped into this, it's like we're already touching on the fact that Mercury's in retrograde, Amber J. I love that you have, you know, maybe a past flame or a past lover, if I may, <laughs> you know, maybe giving you attention because I have a different version of that. And I would love to know what your you, what your perspective is, because I had bees visit me this morning and not just one, not just a few, a whole swarm of them. So my day started with looking outside from my new home being like, wow, what a beautiful day, only to realize that I have an infestation of bees in front of my home. Is that also part of Mercury in retrograde? Just wondering for a friend. I would say that they're looking for their queen, Candace. That, swarm that's means what it is? Okay. They're without their queen. Mm-hmm. So perhaps they're saying, Candace, be our queen. I love Zoe's take on it. And I would look up the metaphysical meaning of bees, but I would think sweetness, community, Ooh. connection, like a love blessing it. on the house. And the bees are our barometer of if we're doing earthright. So it looks like they're coming to you. Yeah, there we go. Okay, I love all this. Love all and this. And they, they're they the ones that make plants, they bloom, right? <gasps> they are. Yep, yep. For the super to, bloom. To bring it back to super bloom. Totally, totally. It's all on brand. It's and so, you have it's, flowers behind you. Of course they want to come you know, here. Yeah. You know, didn't realize all this Joanne's fabric shopping would just really bring <laughs> in the prosperity. Well, and so retrograde well, is re, all the re's. Re, 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 where you reflect. <laughs> Reboot, renew, okay. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. set, Reset. and yes. So it, it's not happening. So we just had a full moon yesterday, and uh, this is a special month because we have super moon yesterday, and we'll have a blue moon. So once a blue moon comes from when two full moons happen in a month period of time, that's what a blue moon means, and. Wow. We start retrograde. We already have four or five planets in retrograde and Mercury goes into retrograde, I think on the 23rd. We're already in the shadow period, as we call retro shade. And it is (laughs) what gets to come back. So what old stories, relationships are coming back in your life to be revisited? Did I learn the lesson or do I have to learn it again? That's the question to ask. Oh, man. So, yes, I had a lover Ooh. who just showed up at my door and brought me some <laughs> elixir because I have COVID. Uh, and, yeah, oh, no. I think we're doing this from a distance. The COVID. Oh, the COVID. Coming to, to nurture me and I receive. <laughs> There we go. All the re's, all the bad girl re-re's. <laughs> yes, all the things. <laughs> what I love, I usually just say like God's testing me and mm-hmm. she has a great sense of humor and I don't know what she's trying to teach me right now. But I usually try to find like, oh, this is good. This is, it's funny. It's funny. And even if I don't see it being funny right now, it'll be funny in the future. <laughs> Zoe and Jody, you were talking about how, or Zoe, you got the travel bug, which seems <laughs> to be going around where I too earlier this week got stuck trying to get home from Cabo, which sounds like such champagne problems. But I got stuck at two different airports in Houston and and a La Quinta by the airport. And so, you know, like that's the thing. That's where you got to find the humor, right? You got to find the funny in all these I situations. I found Bob at the Sheraton <laughs> Pearson Toronto airport who had just been on oil rig for two months and the bar was about to close and he was going to have, he wasn't, wasn't, he hadn't had a drink, you know, for, for months. He's like, I'd like to, and I'd like to get this lady to like, I had, 
I missed my connection in Toronto. It was the last plane out. It was one in the morning and I loitered. I went to the bar. I had my, with Bob and the way I met over there, had an adventure. We talked to him about his, you know, oil rig adventures, had a couple of beers, took the train, air train back to the terminal, met another woman named Hermat who was living. I mean, we, I had, I felt like I was 20 years old backpacking through Europe again. I had these like funny connections and I, fell asleep with my feet up on a chair at about four in the morning only to be like awoken by people coming in for the morning flights. And like, you know, I think my crack was showing. Like I was like, I had just fallen asleep, you know, a vagrant. I was a vagrant for the night. I am a a professional woman with an 18 year old child. What happened? (laughs) When I made it back to the airport, there was someone sleeping on the floor with like a TV show. It looked like, you know, CSI propped up on their phone and a sound machine. They had like been traveling with like a mini sound machine. And I was just like, what a time. You know, just when we what thought t- the world yeah. couldn't get more upside down, it's like, no, 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 we're, we're still oh, no. just twisting and turning. To your credit, <laughs> one of my favorite things about being out in the world, you know, in like 2023 in this post 2020 world and existence, my favorite place is airport bars. Because it's like this beautiful, like anonymity, cross section. Everyone's going somewhere, coming from somewhere. Everyone's got a story. Everybody you know? has a story. And and you just get just get a little liquored up on some cheap Chardonnay. You know, that hard shard just really softens everyone up. <laughs> Everybody just ha- tells their story after their hard shard. Yeah, I love that about I used when I did backpack, you know, that's where you meet people on the train and they mm-hmm. tell their stories and tell you the hostel that has the best, like included breakfast or the best, you know, all of those where you just, uh, that's the one rule I never listened to my parents who, you know, they might've said, don't talk to strangers. I love strangers. I love talking to them. I love hearing people's stories, you know, cause everybody does have one, you yeah. know, and there's value in a lot of, in all of it. Well, I'd imagine the world of comedy, it's also a really wonderful way to not only meet people, but hear other people's stories. I would imagine being, uh, you know, working in comedy and as much as you'd be traveling, as much as you'd be talking with people who share their stories on stage for a living, that it's also a really wonderful way to connect with other people in your industry. I want to know, can you share with our listeners right now how you guys all met? Comedy. Through laughter. I thought you were going to say the, the, the joke. Well, I will, but I mean, I was going to go sincere first. We always, we always say three chicks walked into a comedy club and asked, can we change the world through laughter? And that's really what happened. That's how we started our, our organization. But how we know each other personally is through, as Zoe said, comedy. And Zoe and I met many, many years ago when I was working at Just for Laughs and she was working at uh, Letterman. And we were both scouting talent and we would talk to each other and get each other's notes on who was up and coming. Amber Jay and I met in Los Angeles and then we all met. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And now we're the safety net. Well, yeah. then, yeah. So we, after knowing each other through comedy, truly through that, I knew Jody for a long time, as Judy said, and I knew Amber J for a, a bit at that point. And they came up to me in 2011 at the Improv on Melrose in L.A. and said, do you think we can change the world through comedy? And I was like, how much time do you have? I've been thinking about this for a long time. You know, the power of laughter and the power of comedy is talking about people telling their stories, right? It's We have been spoken an oral tradition through the years and comics are part of that. They're truth tellers, they speak, they tell their stories. We just came from Montreal and you see all the new faces, which are these 
comedians that are, you know, plucked pretty early in their careers. And you know that when comedians start, part of the, the direction is let the audience know who you are. So it's that kind of, I'm this person, I identify as this and you, and, and then jokes on top. So we just spent two, a week hearing everybody's stories, every comedian's stories and the connectivity of that, you know, taking something personal, making universal as an audience member is amazing. But the community and the tribalization that happens around laughter is more powerful than, I mean, than so many things, in my opinion. I recently learned that laughter and crying, those bases, those emotions are in our uh, reptilian brain. They are some of the oldest emotions and they are actually, we are hardwired to, to share those emotions to bring in community. Because when you cry or when you laugh, you connect, Mm -hmm. right? If you see somebody cry, you have compassion for them. You want to go help them. They're telling you a story. Thank you for sharing your, your vulnerability with me, you know? And laughter, you know, maybe a comic's telling a self-deprecating joke. I love self-deprecating humor because it makes you kind of go, yes, me too. Or, you know, they put themselves, you know, kind of joke to have you come in. And, you know, we get to kind of share. Sorry, I I just, I think about comedy and the power of it. And that's really how it's all started, Mm. that we started Comedy Is Back. And now we are the safety net for the comedy community. We help comedians who, you know, have a very hard life. They are the you know, masked clowns, the sad clowns a little bit, not all, that's a maybe generalization, but like they're, they have hard life and, you know, on the road and, you know, paycheck to paycheck and highs and lows. And, you know, we just, comedy is back, tries to be there and meet them where they are. Yeah. Comedy is definitely a long game. Anyone I know who is a professional comic on the road, like it's not just like a, oh, well, I I just like it or it's just fun. You know, it's like it is in their bones, in their body, in their soul. It is it is like a full they just love it with all of who they are because it is a hard life. Exactly what you're saying. You're constantly on the road. You don't know what happens next, but you Lots of rejection, a lot of rejection. When did you each individually get bit by the comedy bug and realize, oh, this is I want to be part of this community. I want to be in that room. I want to be or I just love it. I, like when did you each individually get bit by the bug of your career? I would say in the womb, Candace. <laughs> Karen started a comedy club in 1963 in New York. So it was I, they, that was my, my sister who's older than me says the, the club, the improv was the first born, then she came and then I came. So I'm the youngest of three, if we consider the club <laughs> as a, a child in our lives. But yeah, so I was really born into it. I can't, I do remember my dad like take, so I didn't know anything other than being around comedy my life. But I do remember like when I was like, nine, 10, 12, early adolescence, my dad would take me to sets of television shows. Like I got to go to Taxi and I got to go to Welcome Back Cotter, which were iconic shows at the time of Mm -hmm. my childhood. And I do remember saying, I want in on this. I loved it. And I went to the first, he took me to the first taping of the Letterman Morning Show in 1981. I was in the front row with him. I had a Spider-Man t-shirt on and pigtails. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. It was the craziest show. And I said, I want in. And I was lucky enough to get an internship. And I was a talent receptionist for two years and it was the start of my career. So I got bit early and then had like these moments where I remember saying, that's, I want some, I want 
in on that. Oh, and I wanted to be a child star too, but not in comedy. <laughs> I just wanted to be in commercial. So anyway, <laughs> it's a long story, but yeah, very early on, very early on. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jody, what about you? I grew up in the 80s and loved the sitcom world. I watched every single bad sitcom on TV. I used to like do my schedule in the fall of what times everything was on and what I was watching. I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. I knew I wanted to do something in that vein. I went to school. I kind of fell into it. I started to work at Just for Laughs, the comedy festival here in Montreal. I was born and raised here. I fell in love with it. I don't think I really understood what stand-up was. Like as a teenager, I would go to a local club. I used to think people just got up on stage and started talking. And then when I started to work at Just for Laughs, I realized, oh, there was a whole art form behind being a stand-up and they truly are artists. I just fell in love with the process and how hard people worked to get that great five-minute set and to get that point of view. And then, you know, I started working in like the mid-90s at Just for Laughs and I never left the comedy community. So I've been in it almost like 30, like 20-something, 30 years. And as Zoe was saying before, like there's such a strong community and you see that every year at Just for Laughs. And when we didn't have it for two years during COVID, we all missed it. We all missed that yearly gathering of the whole industry. And it's great that we've all kind of, you know, have been in it for so long and we've seen the ups and downs. And the three of us came together and realized there was a need in this community for something like Comedy Gives Back because 
comedians weren't seen as artists and they were left out. They didn't have the union. They didn't have a music care or an actor's fund to really go to a place where when they needed help. And that's what we are. Amber J. Yes. I started out on the good ship lollipop at the age of three at Santa Caligon days in Independence, Missouri. That is where the star was born. And I proceeded to be a performer at in Chicago as a drag queen. And then at Second City in Chicago, I moved to L.A. to be a star. And I had a little success up front. Then I went to the Sundance Film Festival and I was like, oh, the power is in producing. And I came back and I produced a short film that premiered at Cannes and I started producing. (laughs) And that's been the gig ever since. I kind of transformed. It's interesting to, to think of like changes and chapters of our lives that whether naturally or changes that were thrust upon us. I then became an executive. I ran comedy at various startups. I ended up running all of programming at AOL. And charity or giving back has always been a through line in everything I do. Comedy has always been a through line. And then my piece of the puzzle of this trifecta of our holy trinity is digital and cutting edge technology. So I came through live streaming. And when we first came out of the gate and Comedy Gives Back, we were live streaming comedy events. Our first one in 2011 was New York, Chicago, LA. Then 2013, we did a 24-hour global digital telethon from Australia, London, New York, and LA, which we got nominated for an Emmy for, meow, meow. (laughs) And so we've always been adding digital. And then I went on my own transformational journey. And now I support women who are going through changes in their life, career, relationships, aging, whatever that may be. And that's exactly what we're we're working with the comedians, right? When they are going through changes in the ups and downs of their career, whether it's mental health, chemical dependency, or community, or they get stuck on the side of the road, they could use a therapist or they could use flat tire being fixed. That is what we are serving as the safety net of the comedy community. I guess I never really thought about that. I mean, we, as of this recording, SAG and AFTRA, We're on strike, you know, for a myriad of reasons. But I never really thought about that as a community of comedians, like who exactly who they would turn to. And again, the job isn't necessarily the just the five minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It's not just the set that you're performing on stage. So much of the job is getting from one club to the next club to the next club and touring, 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 you know, managing your own merch, managing your own uh, like schedule, manage, like getting your next booking. And so, and it is not just, it's not this unheard of industry. It's not this unheard of, you know, job. It, no one's like, what, a stand-up comedian? What What's is, that? what is this that you speak of? <laughs> it is very ingrained in our culture, pop culture, society, And so the fact that there isn't somewhere for this community to turn and that you guys have really provided that is beautiful. I love an inciting incident. I know if you're comfortable kind of sharing with us what that is, I I know it is also a very emotional inciting incident of how this organization 
the root of why you've decided to really give support, not even just financial for if someone did, you know, Amber J, you mentioned a tire on the road, but also the mental health yeah. element and aspect of this community. So, yeah, you know, it is no secret that, you know, comedians do sort of ha- struggle with mental health issues, right? It might be even predisposition to why they choose the career. We don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. All we know is, unfortunately, there's a pretty strong legacy of of comedians who have taken their own lives, who have committed suicide, whether by intentionally taking their own life or overdosing with substances. So we are called to that as our one of our main pillars. And when Brody Stevens took his life in 2019, he was somebody who was so integral in the LA scene. And he was at that level where I think he was coming up and, and, you know, he always was very truthful and honest in his comedy about his mental health, you know, which a lot of comedians do talk about it. When we lost him in 2019, it devastated the comedy community. And what was really profound for Amber J. Jody and I was when we heard sort of the story of what kind of transpired right before or leading up to now again mental health and and being suicidal and depression are you know uh, things that are hard to change the outcome but you know Brody like a lot of comedians had success and he got into SAG-AFTRA as you spoke and got insurance through SAG-AFTRA and was managing his mental health issues with probably the best doctor he's ever had he was on a really good path and his show got canceled. Again, happens to every comic. I mean, if you have that level of success at some point, you know, you might not have it. And his health insurance changed and he couldn't afford the Cobra. His Cobra is a fucking ripoff. Sorry, I'm not much first. Yeah, man, fucking can, especially when we're talking about (laughs) health care and insurance in this country. Yeah, right. So he switched doctors because his health insurance changed and there was a transition in his medicine and his health care. Again, we can't ever say that if we were there, able to maybe pay for his Cobra, right? Like imagine it, we, weren't, we weren't in existence helping comedians at that point. If somebody said, you know, comedy's back, might pay for your Cobra and then you could stay with your doctors, right? And then you can, you know, again, we don't know what the outcome is, but that is kind of how we can step up and meet a comic where they are. So that was, before that, we were using comedy to raise awareness and money for various causes. And it was really that moment where we pivoted to help comedians and comedians only, because when you look around and you see there's, you know, act, there's Actors Fund, there's sag After, there's a Writers Guild, there's this, and stand-up comedians, you know, fall through the cracks and the music, even music cares exists for musicians. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like, shame on us right? Shame on our community. And, you know, we know that a lot of people when we start, like when we opened or made this pivot, a lot of people, especially people on our board, it, you know, which are high level comedy producers, like, oh, we always, we wanted to do this. We, you know, we, we wanted to do something like this. Like it's, it's not that people haven't thought about it. Just wasn't the three awesome women sitting on your podcast, Kansas, that brought to, no, we were, we are three really amazingly capable, you know, women who put together are super powerful, but right time, right place, right people. Like we were introduced to somebody who ran Music Cares for many years, who is on our board, who really helped us fill out what, how to do this. Cause we all come from comedy producing. We're not, 
we don't know how to run nonprofit. So we have learned, we've been learning, we know the community and we fill in where with smart people around us that help us, but we were able to open our doors and then pandemic happened. So all of a sudden, you know, our original vision, which was if people don't know what Music Cares does, which is how we originally envisioned is, I am a comedian. I, I fell behind because I have medical bills, so I haven't paid my, you know, rent. We pay the landlord a month of rent. It's a bridge, you know, it's a grant. It's not a loan. You know, chemical dependency, mental health therapy, we resource and pay for that as well. It's all in progress to, you know, again, support comedians so they can do what they do best, which is make this world laugh because... Mm-hmm. I think we all agree that laughter is, as we, you know, really important. I think it's important more now than ever. And yeah, when, when, again, there are a lot, there's a long, unfortunate legacy of comedians who have mental health and have, we've lost too soon, but it was really that Brody that, cause it, cause we were already set up doing what we were doing, but we were doing it for, you know, hunger in America or malaria no more, or, you know, like a lot of great causes, but a lot of those causes have a lot of people doing yeah. work for them and nobody was doing it for the comedians. So it was this really super kind of significant shift. But and, and the alignment I feel in the community in doing this is amazing. It's again, right time, right place, right need. You know, mm-hmm. comics have become artists with a big A and that's what we want to support and treat them as. It is interesting. I didn't really even think about how comedy is, I feel like one of the few creative spaces in which mental health is not only, you know, mental health, I think we need to destigmatize mental health and mental illness just in general. Like we all like to be like, what? La, 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 la. We don't, we don't know. It's like, no, no, no. It affects so many people in the world. And if it doesn't affect you directly, you know, someone within your family, it's just insane to me that it is, there's still a stigma around it at this point, but also so many other creative industries. Like if you're an actor, that is a completely different, you know, perspective of like performative and I don't know that's a whole other thing maybe if you're a writer you know but if even if you're a writer on something to really dive into mental health or mental illness that's going to be going through like a studio or a network or it's going to be the rewrites alone but for comedy anyone who really wants to talk about it and and look at their own mental health or their own mental illness and really share in their experience. I mean, it's one of the, the, like, and really dissect it and understand it and make it palatable for an audience to then want to understand it and, and see all the different perspectives of it. I feel like comedy is this really specific area in which it is done and, and kind of brings together not just the com- community of comedians, but lets people in the audience in on maybe their experience. So to be able to give the community that kind of foundation to fall back on is really powerful. I mean, Jody, in your experience with Just for Laughs, have you seen comedians be more open in these past, in the past decade about really wanting to talk more about mental health or mental illness and just being more vulnerable on stage and kind of this new version of comedy? I do. I, I really do. And I think also COVID opened up the door to an even playing field where it was almost okay not to be okay. And I feel after COVID, mental health was very much talked about. And I do feel in the past, you know, maybe decade that people have been much more open about it and people have experienced. And I feel when people are authentic and vulnerable on stage, their comedy is better. And when they're opening up and being true to themselves, that's when they are the funniest. I mean, 
if you take an example about John Mulaney, who just went through a whole intervention and he talks about it, I mean, it just brings his audience in. You realize, oh, he's just a normal guy. He goes through issues. He had problems and he was brave enough to share it on stage with, you know, a huge audience. And his vulnerability just, you know, took a stand up. I mean, he was always great. Don't get me wrong. I love John. I think it just went to a whole other level. Yeah, he was probably a comedian that didn't really delve in, right? He definitely was more of a joke teller and not like mm-hmm. as sort of kind of forthcoming. And then with the intervention and his sobriety, it does feel his comedy has taken up a notch and his popularity has been taken up a notch because I think, like Jody said, and we started as you show, you know, show me your, you know, you show your belly, I want to show you mine, you know, like mm-hmm. that vulnerability. I will also say at the Just for Last Festival, I know we're talking a lot about it, but we were all just there for a week that uh, Rain Wilson did the keynote about kind of comedy and mental health and well-being. And his whole refrain is, show me your crack. You know, he made a joke about it, but like show allowing, you know, our cracks to be seen and let light into our cracks, you know. And so he (laughs) kind of made it silly and dirty, but like it's to that, like we, you know, we are, we connect more powerfully. And I think laughter is part of that. And people, I do think like, it was an interesting discussion a couple of years ago when Hannah Gatsby had her special that Nanette, I think it was Mm -hmm. called, that was very popular and it was very buzzy and people were talking about it. But I remember she said something about how comedy and the process of her standup, can't remember the exact language, but basically kind of creates like getting stuck in the self-deprecation and that it's harmful and she doesn't know she'll do comedy because of that. And I was I was really interested in the effect that that special had on the whole comedy community, people really talking about it. To me, and I, I'm not a comic, but I do know a lot of comedians, I would say the opposite. I would say that the performance and the talking about one's mental health, whether it's through self-deprecation or not, it actually is part of the healing. If you can talk about it, it doesn't, and you can make a joke about it, it doesn't have that same power over you because if it really took you down, you couldn't be making a joke about it. Yeah. Right? I think, again, I, that's my, I, it was, so it was an interesting discussion. Like, I think the, I think stand-up, uh, it makes them a better stand-up. And I think if you ask them, it probably also is part of their process and healing. But I, I could be wrong about that. You know, I'm, again, uh, whenever people say you've been stand up a long time, do you ever get the urge? And I said, if I ever get the urge, I just call my therapist. Yeah. But same difference to just like an audience of one. Same. I love performing for my therapist. I'm yeah. like, yeah, got him to yeah, laugh. I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying you to laugh at me. Laugh at me, right. <laughs> Jazz hands, big trauma, little trauma, big T, little T. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Amber J, especially as a producer and in the digital world, I'm so curious what you have to say about comedy right now. I definitely want to get, I just like, I'm so, I just seeing comedians perform now. There's obviously some shows you go to where the phones are completely removed and they're in those little like bean bags and you just don't see them for the hour because everyone's trying to keep everything offline and just be in the moment. And then there's other comedy shows. There's a whole other wave of comedy right now where everyone wants the phones. They want that little clip. They want that little TikTok or that Instagram clip where someone's yelling at someone them from the audience so that it can go viral. What what is your like I'm so analog, it makes me just I like never want anything to change, but I know that I have to. <laughs> like this is like we have to embrace change. Ugh, it's wanna. coming whether you like it or not. So no. you better like look to embrace it. And I could break down what change means, but I won't I I digress. I shall not go there. Well, I worked at National Lampoon. Our first viral video was Michael Vick. It was 20, 2006, 2007 with Adam Devine and the National Lampoon Lemmings with my partner, Jay Leggett at the time. Um, so I've been around this a long time and there is an interesting shift happening. And we, we've seen different phases of it where artists of all kinds have taken on all the elements themselves and not given away or not sold off their licensing or their ownership to the studios and networks and have been able to distribute themselves, make lots of money, mm-hmm. own their audience. And when you have a big following, you can. And it's interesting because one of the, before the actors went on strike, one of the writers came to me and she was like, we should just start our own thing. And I said, you mean like YouTube? It already exists. <laughs> and like, that's great. And there are downsides to that too. And it's, do you want to take responsibility and ownership for your success and build an empire and business? 
like Bert Kreischer, who he was an inspiration to me of how he just went out on this fully loaded tour that was in stadiums, brought us along with him and brought comedians, whether older comedians or younger up and coming comedians and exposing them to audiences. But he said, if it, I wouldn't get invited to this. I had to make it happen myself. And we are at a tipping point, I believe, in that what am I going to make myself or what am I going to, uh, these are the the rules of engagement to play with whoever. And if they're creating the platform, they can make those rules of engagement and you can agree to it or not to agree to it. And you can empower yourself and take 100% responsibility for 100% of your results and go out in the world and create what you want. Who are some of your favorite comedians up and coming right now? Who are the ones that you're like, yes, this is like, I see this, the long game here or that just had you getting some Well, that Jack laughs. White was awful cute. Jack Whitehall. Whitehall, there you go. Well, he's, he's on his way. I think yeah. he's a star. So I think he's already a star in the UK. So Jody, you're pretty, I'm, you're on the scene. Uh, yeah, I'm partial. So I'm, I'm a talent manager by day and comedy is back by night. <laughs> <laughs> so I have some clients that I'm working with. One is Gina Yashere, who is on a, a CBS show right now, Bottom Hearts Abishola, who is amazing talent. And she was just at the festival doing mm-hmm. a bunch of shows in her solo show. And she's out right now doing her uh, Woman King of Comedy tour that's almost ended. She has one show in Toronto tomorrow night in Portland and Los Angeles. And then I work with another woman, Erin Jackson, who is really hilarious and funny. And I feel the world should know who she is. You know, some of my favorite comics I've mentioned, I've known John Mulaney for, since he started back in like 2005, 2006, and been tracking his career. I'm trying to think who else are some of the younger up and coming comics. Frankie French, another one of my clients who is amazing. We just recorded an album and that will be out hopefully the end of this year, beginning of next year. For me, I love Neil Brennan. He fucking rocks my comedy world. He is funny. He is sharp. He is smart. He just, it's, there's, there's nobody, I, I don't know. I think he's tremendous. There was a new face. I'll give her a shout out that stood out who named Leslie Liao, who still has a day job at Netflix. So I love it. She's like in HR at Netflix and her coworkers were busy. at the festival. What's that? She must be busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there she, they were like, and people were like, oh, are Netflix courting her for, she's a new face for a new special. I was like, well, they're coworkers. Yeah. So, but she is terrific. And I'm sure she won't be in her day job much longer. I love Alice Waterland. She has really had a lot of more success as an actor these days, but I think she's really funny and unusual. Yeah. What about you, Amber J? Who about you? Or what about you, Candace? Who do you like? Well, I loved Hannah Burner. Oh, like, she was fun. And who closed the who closed the top ten? The Indian woman. What's her name? Uh, oh, Zarna Garg. She's great, and she'll have a sitcom. She'll definitely have a sitcom, and she just had a she had a special on Prime. But we, the last show of the festival that we watched was Stump Town. Is that what it's called? Oh, Stump Stamp Town. Town. Stamp Town Town. was hilarious. It was like a clown, like a modern day clown, not clown makeup, but like very European feeling, very like very fun, fast paced, a lot of different movement, a lot of different moving pieces. 
and ridiculous, ridiculous and fun and like a great midnight show because it catch you awake. And they they actually are on tour. I bought tickets for them in L.A. a couple months ago. But the performance was canceled for some reason, but definitely if it comes to town, stamp. Stamp Town. Stamp Town. Great. I'm a bit, I, I've known Heather McMahon. We have a lot of, we have mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, Heather's so I've known great, her for yeah. a long time. So to watch her go from like w- what she's accomplished in the last decade has just been just a joy to be in the nosebleed section watching it from afar. And and then I've known Josh Blue for a long time mm-hmm. out in Denver. Oh, and so to know him coming off of like his first kind of like big success and then also to have like the you know the the kind of more relaxed period in between where he's still just always been on tour and touring and then he just was back on America's Got Talent he placed very very high up and I don't I forget if he was in like third place or second place but it was huge and so just and literally it was just like a text pop up a couple years ago being like hey if you guys don't like if you don't mind like maybe giving a shout out. I was like, what have you been up to? You're on our televisions tonight. So it's so fun. <laughs> but all that to say, which goes back to the point, is that the the close-knit, I mean, you know all the, I say these names and you immediately know who they are. You all know the names that you're mentioning to each other, that comedy is such a community and a community that we all reap the benefits of as an audience who go and get to enjoy their storytelling from the relaxing seats while they're just on stage, just putting their guts out on the floor. And so the fact (laughs) that they have you guys who have come together to create comedy gives back to really make sure that when they leave the stage, that they're going to have a support system is so huge. And so I'm so grateful as such as a fan of comedy that all the comedians we get to enjoy, you guys get to lift up and raise up in all the wonderful, beautiful ways. Thank you, Candice. We say that it that the job of the stand-up is to be alone on stage, but to feel alone off stage is unacceptable. I, and comedy is back is changing that. I love that. For anyone listening who is a comedian or knows a comedian and and can benefit from comedy gives back, what do you guys have a call to action? Do you have any other ways that we can continue to support you so you can support our favorite comedians when in their times of need? You can make a donation either at our website, comedygivesback.com, big donate button right there. You can also text LAUGH, L-A-U-G-H, to 707070. In case you don't know how to spell laugh. <laughs> well, there are a lot of... It could be L-A-F-F. You well, can be don't, don't eat right. A lot of those are kind of wacky, punny <laughs> sort of things, but it's laugh like the finet- L-A-U-G-H. The unfunny version of laugh. The unfunny yeah. version of the laugh. The real one. Perfect. Yeah, the non-wacky <laughs> version of laugh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys, Jody, Zoe, Amber J. Thank you so much for hanging with me today. Thank I hope you. your Mercury in retrograde just gets better and better and our once in a blue moon just shines bright on all of you thank you guys so much mm-hmm. right back at you Candace. thank, thank you, you for Candace. having us a super bloom podcast is hosted by me candace king produced by melissa d Monts and diamond imprint productions edited by diane kang post-production sound by coco lawrence and advertising partnership with ACAST.